Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RB32 preseason team preview series. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me at RandallRand on Twitter. Today, we have the Green Bay Packers preview of the 2018 hashtag RB32 team preview series, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. I'm going to be joined in a few moments by Ryan Wood, Packers beat writer for the Green Bay Press Gazette and Packers insider on WSSP in Milwaukee. You can follow him on Twitter at ByRyanWood. But before we get started, I want to remind all of you that as a listener to the podcast, you can save yourself 30% on a Rotoviz NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The subscription will give you access to all the NFL content and tools, and best of all, it does help support the pod. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Again, our guest today is Ryan Wood from the Green Bay Press Gazette. In this episode, he talks about the potential impact of new tight end Jimmy Graham, how coach Mike McCarthy will deploy those three running backs, and who is emerging from a close wide receiver three battle behind Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to think about what Ryan said and take a closer look at the Packers offensive playmakers using some of the great apps at Rotoviz. And now, let's bring on the guest. We are pleased to welcome Ryan Wood, who is a Green Bay Packers beat reporter for the Green Bay Press-Gazette. You can also find him on Packers Insider, WSSP. You can follow him on Twitter at ByRyanWood. Ryan joins us for a few minutes on the RV32 team preview series to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Fantastic. A lot of changes here in the Packers coaching staff, so we'll start there. They named Joe Philbin the offensive coordinator, Mike Pettin the defensive coordinator. Really made some changes in the in the offseason with Mike McCarthy. So why don't you talk about those and, and what you've seen so far and some of the differences between this year and years past. Well, the biggest thing that Mike McCarthy did at the onset of the offseason when he made the, his his coaching changes was he flanked himself with two former head coaches, Joe Philbin and Mike Pettin, and really they, they are going to serve as the head coaches of their prospective sides of the ball. Uh, and then you funnel down through the organizational chart, and the way this coaching staff is structured, it, it's much more area-centric than, than even position-centric. There are still positional coaches uh, but there are run and pass game coordinators under the offensive and defensive coordinator on both sides of the ball. Um, so for, for Mike McCarthy, really just focusing in on uh, specific areas of the game um, and, and then below those run and pass game coordinators, you get to the position coaches. There's levels of command that are new uh, within his coaching staff. And I really think that the experience that Joe Philbin and Mike Pettin bring frees him up to do things that he's wanted to do in the past but hasn't really been able to. Uh, certainly a lot more responsibility will be given to those guys. Um, and, and so it'll be interesting to see what that translates to in the fall and, and on the field, but certainly a lot of experience on that coaching staff. Sure, to have the three head coaches there working together may allow him to sort of focus and, and trust the staff a, a lot more. It's a great point. Let's turn our attention, of course, to Aaron Rodgers. Had the uh, fractured clavicle in week six against the Vikings. He went on the IR. He did come back in week 15 and in typical Aaron Ra- Rodgers fashion threw three touchdowns, but then was shut down for the rest of the season. So Rodgers, of course, is the key component, maybe the most valuable player to his team's success in the NFL. How has the recovery been and what have you seen so far? Well, he looked awfully good in his preseason debut against the Steelers. Uh, you know, six plays was all that was needed to get into the end zone. Did get a short field, sort of at the Steelers 40. But, uh, you know, 
I think that his connection with Jimmy Graham is something that we've seen since the onset of the spring program and, and has really followed into camp and, and his first, his lone drive of the preseason uh, and the debut against the Steelers uh, ended with a touchdown to Jimmy Graham. So I think that's going to be a big part of the offense. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers had a 27-yard pass to Devontae Adams that uh, is, is really indicative of the kind of connection they're going to have to have now that Devontae Adams is the top receiver indisputably uh, after Jordy Nelson was released. Um, they caught him with 12 men on the field, which Aaron Rodgers does. So it, it looks very much like regular season form already. Um, there, there's been no hang-ups with, with the shoulder. Uh, he's been able, in, in fact, he, he's had a very rigorous camp practice schedule. He's taken more reps than he did a year ago. Um, so if anything, it's, it's been even more aggressive. Um, I, I, I don't see anything. And so long as he stays healthy, I don't see any reason why Aaron Rodgers won't play like Aaron Rodgers in 2018. You know, you mentioned a couple key players there. Let's start with Jimmy Graham because the tight end position has always been one that from the outside, at least, it seemed like that was lower in the pecking order for the Green Bay offense and for Rodgers. However, he really hasn't had as athletic a tight end as he'll see with Jimmy Graham since probably Jermichael Finley. So certainly they had the touchdown last night. The connection's been strong. Do you see him being primarily a red zone option or, or could this really be, you know, a, a big weapon for Rodgers all over the field this season? You know, it was interesting. Uh, immediately after his preseason debut, Aaron Rodgers said he stressed, he emphasized that, that Jimmy Graham's a guy that can be used all over the field. And that's really what he envisions for, for him. Uh, this is a team, the Packers, that they've been searching at, at the tight end position since Finley's uh, neck injury prematurely ended his career in 2013. They got close to filling it, to, to finding something with Jared Cook uh, in, in 2016. And obviously negotiations the following season after a one-year deal just broke down and, and, and they didn't retain him more than the one year. Uh, but, but Jimmy Graham really has a chance to be the, the, the Jermichael Finley type guy that, that, that he was, uh, during the prime of, of his career. Uh, you never really know until the regular season starts it, what, what looks good on the practice field or even at a preseason game can be different once the, the games are, 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 are real. But everything that we have seen to date is that Jimmy Graham looks awfully impressive and, not just him, but his connection with Aaron Rodgers, it, it, it was almost instantaneous. So uh, I, I certainly expect a big year for both of them. I, I certainly expect that Jimmy Graham will, will not only catch a lot of touchdowns, but is going to be a playmaker between the 20s as well. You know, you talked about that connection, and, and Rodgers has that with his receivers. Now, one of the receivers he had it, of course, in legendary fashion was Jordy Nelson. So Jordy Nelson leaves now. He's in Oakland. So Devontae Adams is going to assume that wide receiver one role, and certainly he's been very productive. 12 touchdowns in 2016, 10 touchdowns in 2017. But just take a look at the wide receivers as a whole for us. You talked about Adams. Randall Cobb, of course, is a guy who's had double-digit touchdowns in the past but has battled some injuries. And then that third wide receiver role, Jerron. Anamo Allison, Jamon Moore, Equimania St. Brown, you know, a couple guys we had last night, uh, Kumaro scored. So what are some things that you're looking at and what are you seeing right now as, as sort of the wide receiver pecking order? Well, it's going to be about the depth of the position because at the top, Devontae Adams is a legitimate number one receiver. And that's, that's, that's not an easy thing to find in the NFL. So if you have one of those, you can obviously pit him uh, and pair him with a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers' ilk. That, that's, 
a tremendous thing for an offense to have. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they get out of Randall Cobb. They just they haven't got the same production since he he signed the big contract after a, a, a Pro Bowl year in 2014. Um, they still like Randall Cobb a lot because he's a versatile guy that they can move around the offense and and kind of dictate matchups with. Uh, it, but those those are the proven guys. I mean, after that, you, you get into a lot of guys that just haven't played a whole bunch. Uh, I think Geronimo Allison has clearly established himself as a third receiver. His rapport with Aaron Rodgers has, has been lock solid, not just in camp this year, but really going back the past couple years. Uh, if you remember last year before Aaron Rodgers went down, it was Geronimo Allison that had the big catch in overtime against the Cincinnati Bengals from Aaron Rodgers. Um, he, he's been a playmaker when they've been on the field together, uh, and, and I think he's just taken that, that next jump in, in this camp. Uh, then it, it really gets to a, kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of young guys that are all kind of battling and, and, and duking it out. You know, Trevor Davis is a guy that because of his special teams ability has, seems to have a natural pathway to a roster spot. He just hasn't been healthy all August. He, he hasn't practiced since the family night uh, because of a, a hamstring injury that was uh, the first the first Saturday of the month. So it's been a while since he's been on the field, and, and in his absence, Guys like Jake Kumaro and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown, uh, they've been able to to take advantage of of the additional reps. Uh, Jamon Moore is having a tough camp. Uh, He had drop issues at at Missouri in college, and they seem to follow him to the NFL. On the practice field, he's looked just fine, but in both of his first two preseason games, he's, he's dropped balls that, that are, are just bad drops. That professional receivers cannot drop balls like that. So uh, he's got to kind of rebound a little bit. I think he's found himself because of the drops in a position where he will be fighting for a roster spot. Um, but there's just, it, it's, there's so far to go still, only midway through the preseason, and the, so many young guys that, that are really battling it. I, I think Kumro's really the interesting guy. He came out uh, out of nowhere. He was completely off the radar when camp started. And he had a 52-yard touchdown in, uh, against the Titans, an 82-yard touchdown, and a, a really incredible play against the Steelers where he took an out route and, and was gone. He made a safety miss in the open field. Uh, those are the type of plays. It reminds me of Jeff Janis in his first preseason back in 2014 when as a seventh-round pick, he was far from guaranteed a roster spot, but every week in the preseason, he made big plays. And if you make play, big plays like that every week, the field is out there. You can't sneak a guy like that through waivers. I really think that's where Jay Kumro has put himself. And if he continues it, uh, he, he's going to have a spot in the 53. Kumro has been been great. We just got to keep him from somersaulting in the end zone there. You, I saw your report on Twitter that he, <laughs> he had a stinger. But I guess after that, that great touchdown run, you need to go celebrate a little bit. But let's take our, our attention to the backfield. And listen, whoever is the starting running back for the Green Bay Packers has always performed very, very well, whether it was Eddie Lacy years ago, Cedric Benson was there for a while. So last year, there were really three guys, all of which had success. Ty Montgomery early in the season, the first two games. Then you had Aaron Jones, of course, for a few games, and then Jamal Williams. However, at this point, we have Aaron Jones suspended for two games. We have Jamal Williams, who uh, evidently got hurt last night, but it sounds like he's going to be okay, I think. And then Ty Montgomery is the guy who is so versatile with the receiving yards as the rushing as well. What do you think is, is going to be the the role in the backfield and who has the edge here as as the RB1 this season? 
Well, I really think Aaron Jones is the most talented runner in the group. Uh, but with that said, Jamal Williams is your, your traditional bell cow back where you can give him 20, 25 carries and he's pounding it between the tackles and wearing on the defense and, and doing those things. And Mike McCarthy has always been a multiple back guy. I, 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 even with Eddie, Eddie Lacy, James Starks was a, a, a secondary back that got a lot of carries. Um, so I, I expect that, you know, that that's, that's how it was last year with, with, with the rookies. Now their second year running backs, I think that's going to continue. Um, the good thing that they have in the backfield is not just a lot of, a lot of depth when, when they have everyone, but they have guys that fill defined roles. Like I said, Jamal Williams, the bell cow between the tackles, thumper. Aaron Jones is a guy that can get outside the tackles on the perimeter and break off long runs. Ty Montgomery is your kind of third down back and your guy that can, can really get some good matchups in the passing game when he's covered by linebackers and safeties. So that they, they fill different roles. And, and because of that, I think all three are going to get a lot of opportunities. On the defensive side of the ball, it, they've made a lot of steps, the Packers, here to sort of improve that. You have Mahomes, Wilkerson, of course, who've come come over from the Jets. And then in the draft, it looks like that was an area of focus for the Packers. They got Jair Alexander in round one and then followed it up with another defensive back, Josh Jackson, as well. So what does the defense look to you this season? How does it look like it's going to be? And is it going to be much improved and, and give a lot more positive game script for the Packers? Yeah, it's really hard to tell just yet because obviously, as you know, the, the preseason is, is, is all about vanilla defenses. I mean, they're not really unveiling the, the wrinkles that they're going to have for week one and later into the regular season. Um, I, I will say that I, I think that this is a defense that's going to have to rely on its interior rush. Just don't see much of an edge rush with this defense. And, and they do have the personnel that have a pretty stout interior rush when you look at Mike Daniels. Kenny Clark, Mo Wilkerson, uh, and, and even some some depth in, in Dean Lowry and, and, and second year uh, defensive line, a third round pick last year, Montrevious Adams. Uh, they've got a good five there that that can all kind of get after the passer, and uh, they're going to need them to. Uh, on the back end, it, it's it's a much better blend of experience with your Tremont Williams, who had a pick six that started. Uh, the the uh, his preseason preseason uh, debut against the Steelers, Devon House a returnee from, from last year, uh, and then the, the young guys. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how quickly Josh Jackson, Jair Alexander can de- develop. They're going to be relied on. And another really big, significant key is going to be keeping Kevin King healthy. Kevin King went on IR last year, was, had shoulder surgery on his left shoulder because uh, it was chronically dislocated and started in camp. He's got a right shoulder injury that's kept him out the, the, the past week. Uh, has kept him from from being able to take any preseason snaps. Now, when he's healthy, Kevin King is a real player. I, he, he's he's a stud on the perimeter. He's long. He's fast. He's everything you want from a physical standpoint. He's also plenty confident and, and even cocky, and that, that that type of cockiness you want from a a, a corner. But he just can't. He hasn't stayed healthy, and that's the big question. So, uh, I think that's kind of a, a wild card. If he can stay healthy, then that that defense, especially the back end, is going to be a lot better than than if he isn't. Absolutely, there could, there could be a big improvement there if everything comes together. Ryan, thanks so much for a few minutes. We have one more question, then we'll get you out of here. The Packers snapped eight-year playoff string last year with a disappointing seven and nine season. Vegas expects a big bounce back this year. They have the Packers at ten and a half wins, uh, and certainly one of the favorites in a really competitive NFC conference. So right now, I know it's it's preseason, but what's your best guess on how this season's going to go? You know, assuming everybody stays healthy, what do you, where do you expect the Packers to end up? 
That's a good question. Let me ask you one. Does Aaron Rodgers stay healthy? We always assume that. Yes, of course. Absolutely. If Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, then this is a, 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 one of the, on the short list of Super Bowl contenders. This is a team that, as long as Aaron Rodgers is, is on the field, is going to be vying for a championship every year. Uh, the, the big wild card is obviously if, if you know, he, he's a quarterback that lives outside the pocket. Both of his injuries that have truncated his seasons in 2013 and in, in last last year were, were, were injuries sustained outside the pocket. Um, so that that that's the big question. But if he stays healthy, this is a team they, they've got some issues. I mean, you certainly they they, they need to they, they need to get as much as they can out of the edge rush, and and it, that that could be uh, a limitation they have that they, that keeps them short of the Super Bowl especially in a really, as you said, a, a really good NFC. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I, I've seen him go on the road in Dallas two years ago and, Absolutely. and, yep. and single-handedly win playoff games that uh, against a better, better talented teams. So uh, that, just because of, uh, of, of that one guy, uh, having, having that guy at quarterback uh, does wonders, and then they're, they're going to be on the short list. Well, we can't thank you enough, folks. This is Ryan Wood, Green Bay Packers beat reporter for the Green Bay Press-Gazette, also on Packers Insider, WSSP. Please follow him on Twitter at ByRyanWood. Ryan, thank you so much for a few minutes here previewing the Packers, and we'll catch up with you in the regular season. Absolutely, no problem. Take care. That was Ryan Wood, Packers beat reporter for the Green Bay Press-Gazette and Packers Insider on WSSP in Milwaukee. When we return, we'll take a few minutes to consider what Ryan said. As you know, the NFL season is quickly approaching. Get ready for it with a subscription to a Rotoviz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. Again, be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL Pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. We thank Ryan Wood, Packers beat reporter for the Green Bay Press-Gazette, for joining us here and give us some great insight on the Green Bay Packers for the Road of His Team Preview Series. A lot of interesting things that Ryan talked about. That First and foremost, he was very high on tight end Jimmy Graham. That was a big acquisition for the Packers. They have struggled to find a quality tight end since Jermichael Finley has been on the team. Now, Finley played for the Packers from 2008 until 2013, but his main years where he really was making an impact was 2009 through 2012. He had a couple of years in there where he had five touchdowns, eight touchdowns, 55 receptions, twice, 61 receptions, and that's really the best player or most athletic player, I should say, at the tight end position for the Packers that they've had in Aaron Rodgers' tenure in Green Bay. So bring in Jimmy Graham, people in the fantasy community are sort of divided on what that impact is going to be. Is he just going to be a goal line red zone reception guy, primarily like he was in Seattle for the last three years, or is he really going to become the best tight end and a, a sort of 80, 90 catch guy in this Green Bay offense and, and be able to exploit mismatches all over the field? with the best quarterback in the game, Aaron Rodgers? That's the key question. So I went back using the Rotoviz Game Splits app on rotoviz.com. We have a great suite of apps here that you can break down stats and really take a deep dive and understand the impact that a player like Graham is going to have. It's not that Graham may have 70, 80 receptions. He could. It's possible. 
But not only is he going to be a weapon, and by the way, he caught a touchdown, as Ryan said, in the second preseason game there from Aaron Rodgers just a couple minutes into the game, but he's going to allow the wide receivers to work in open space, and he'll have a great impact on them as well. If you go back to Jordy Nelson and take a look at the years 2010, 2011, and 2012 using the Game Split app on Rotoviz, those were the years that Finley was really a major part of the offense. In those three years, Nelson played 32 games with Jermichael Finley and 12 games without him. In the games that he played with Finley, he averaged 14.4 PPR fantasy points per game. That's about six more, six fantasy points per game more than without Finley, 8.66. He averaged about one more target per game, but he was so efficient with Finley. He was averaging 0.69 touchdowns per game and only 0.17 without Finley. He was averaging 20 more receiving yards per game, 64.4 with Finley on the field, 44.1 without. And so I went a little deeper with the Game Splits app and I took a look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers from 2008 to 2013 played 61 games with Finley and 26 games without him. Here are the splits. About four more fantasy points per game for Rodgers with Finley than without. He averaged relatively the same amount of interceptions and the passing touchdowns significant difference. 2.4 passing touchdowns per game with Finley, only 1.6 without, and he averaged about 42 more passing yards per game. So the tight end position in the Green Bay offense can affect so many different parts. Not only is it going to be a huge red zone weapon, but it's also going to open the field up for the other receivers, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. Really, it looks like Jimmy Graham is going to have a very positive impact. Assuming he's healthy and assuming Rodgers is healthy, I think Graham is someone you can absolutely draft and project as a top five tight end. And you can also boost the entire Green Bay offense as well just by his presence. Next thing Ryan gave us insight on is the Green Bay Packers backfield. Now, they have three running backs there. They have Ty Montgomery, who was the starter last year before he got hurt. They have Aaron Jones, who Ryan feels is the best all-around and most talented running back. I do agree. And they have Jamal Williams out of BYU last year, who was a rookie, who really came on and made a nice impact. So my question to him was, how do you handicap this? If we're going into our redraft leagues, who's the back to own? The problem is Montgomery is injury-prone but he's the best receiver of the group. Aaron Jones is suspended for two games. I was really leaning Jones before that suspension came out. And now Jamal Williams is hurt with a sprained ankle. So he talked about how Mike McCarthy believes in using more than one running back, even back with Eddie Lacy. And this was a great point he made that James Starks was a very influential part of the offense. He would often come in on third downs. He would sometimes take away goal line work here and there. And I remember that. I was a big Lacy fan, the big bruising back who can catch the passes out of the backfield. And sure enough, Starks would come in just enough to annoy you. Always felt like it was a two for one. Two drives for Lacey, one for Starks. And then during your two minute drill or your third down, Starks was in there. So that is McCarthy's philosophy. He's going to use two backs. So this is a tough one to handicap, but I will point out that if you can watch these preseason games and get a feel on who you think is going to be the Packers lead back, the first and second down guy and the goal line work, that's going to make a huge difference. I looked at all the Packers starting running backs from 2017. So that's Ty Montgomery, the start of the year. He had a great start to the year with touchdowns and efficiency. Not great with rushing yards, but certainly always strong in the passing game. Then Aaron Jones for a few weeks in the middle. Remember that big game he had out in Dallas back in week five. He had 19 carries, 134 total yards, 
and a touchdown. He was the number four PPR fantasy back that week. And then, of course, he gets hurt and Jamal Williams steps in. And all Jamal Williams does over the second half of the season, week 12 against Pittsburgh, RB2 for the week. Week 13 against Tampa Bay, RB8 for the week. Week 14 against Cleveland, RB3 for the week. So the starting running back for the Packers is someone you're going to want in your redraft teams. The issue is who is it going to be? Well, if you look at PPR ADP, the fantasy community does not have this answer yet. Jamal Williams right now is roughly going around RB35, RB36 territory. Then Aaron Jones going quickly behind him at RB40 territory. Those that believe that Jones is the best all-around running back don't care about the two-game suspension. And then Ty Montgomery is going behind him, RB42, RB43. So my suggestion here is to watch the rest of the preseason. I think Jamal Williams is the back to own right now. Without Jones in there, I don't think they're giving the ball to Montgomery at the goal line. I don't think he's getting the early down work. Montgomery is someone who is injury prone. Remember, he was the wide receiver. Then he was reclassified in the fantasy formats as a, as a running back. So he's not your pure workhorse back. So if, if you put together that McCarthy wants to use more than one running back and you put together that Ty Montgomery is injury prone, I think they all have value, but certainly I would lean towards Williams because I think that he is someone who can get those precious goal line touches and get those first and second down work. And remember, Green Bay, as I mentioned, their over-under in Vegas is 10.5. So certainly if you think they're going to be successful, and as Ryan said, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender you would think they have a lot of positive game script. In those positive game script situations, they're not giving Ty Montgomery the ball to kill the clock because why do you want to risk him getting injured? Jamal Williams is big. He's 6 feet, 212 pounds, still only 23 years old. He is a guy who's going to get the ball and kill the clock. So I like Ty Montgomery as well. And listen, when Aaron Jones comes back, I think it's someone that you really watch on the waiver wire because if Jamal Williams gets hurt, it's going to go right back to Aaron Jones. And I agree with Ryan. I think Aaron Jones is the most talented all-around running back. And if they both were healthy, I think Jones would start the year. But since he's suspended, I'm going to go with Williams. And of course, Montgomery will be a solid PPR option all year long. And so the last thing I'll take a look at is just what can we expect from Devontae Adams? He is now inheriting that wide receiver one role that Jordy Nelson played so brilliantly with Aaron Rodgers for all those years. So Adams has had a tremendous last two seasons. And you use the Rotoviz Screener app and you take a look at Devontae Adams' year three and year four, those last two years, which are really critical because he did not do much his first two years in the league. People are even starting to whisper, you know, was he overdrafted? You know, he's drafted in the second round out of Fresno State, and those first two years really didn't do a ton. Had 38 receptions, then 50 receptions, had 446 yards, 483 yards, so both below 500, and then three touchdowns and one touchdown. So the questions were, could he really step forward? And he did in his third and fourth season. That wide receiver year three, of course, is always an area that, that they can break out and have a huge performance, and he certainly did. So if you use the road of his screener app and you compare his year three and year four of his career to all the wide receivers year three and year four from 2000 to 2017, Devontae Adams is in pretty elite company. If you compare his stats, he has 149 receptions over those two years on 239 targets, 1,882 yards, and the 22 touchdowns. 
Folks, that puts him right among players like Randy Moss, Eric Decker, and Reggie Wayne. He is better than Calvin Johnson. Mike Wallace as well had a good first two years. And in Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, and we've talked about how much Brandon Cooks has really performed and always been efficient in his career. Now, he's played with Drew Brees and he's played with Tom Brady. But if you compare him to Devontae Adams... Cooks has 143 receptions. Adams has 149. Cooks has 231 targets. Adams has 239 in those year three and year four. Cooks has more receiving yards, 2255 to Adams, 1882. But Adams has seven more touchdowns, 22 to 15. So Devontae Adams year three and year four is as impressive or on par with any wide receiver since the year 2000. And I got that from the road of his screener app, just a great app where you can compare and contrast with all these variables. But that really puts it into perspective. So if you're looking for a wide receiver with a safe floor, I think you have to look long and hard at Devontae Adams. You know, and you look at where he's going right now. He is sort of towards the mid to end area of round two in PPR formats. You have Devontae Adams, AJ Green, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton. Adams is right on par with that group. And would it shock you if Devontae Adams led all receivers and touchdowns this year? Because with Jimmy Graham, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb on the outside. You heard Ryan talk about Geronimo Allison, who certainly is doing very well. Jay Kumro had the big 82-yard touchdown, and then he hurt his shoulder diving into the end zone. They have Jamal Moore also, who's very talented, but Ryan said he's struggling camp. And Equinemius St. Brown. So they have a lot of guys there who are performing and doing well. But Devontae Adams is a cut above all of those receivers and somebody that you should feel very, very confident having as your wide receiver one. And that's going to do it for the Packers episode of the 2018 hashtag RV32 Rotoviz Radio Team Preview Series. Again, our guest today was Ryan Wood, Packers beat reporter for the Green Bay Press-Gazette and Packers insider on WSSP in Milwaukee. Please be sure to follow him on Twitter at ByRyanWood. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. Please make sure to stay tuned over the next couple of weeks as we continue to go around the NFL and just finish off a few teams after this great team preview series. Love doing it every year here at Rotoviz and previewing each and every NFL team and certainly follow the podcast on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the 2018 Rotoviz Radio team preview series. Our assistant executive producer is Colin Kelly, and our executive producer is Matthew Friedman. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>